made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network, Catholic radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network, this is The Good News Show. And good afternoon. Welcome to The Good News Show here on KTH, 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. I'm Dave Palmer, host of the program. Cecil Anderson is here as well. And uh, we have a lot to talk about in the next hour. This is a, a live program. We do this once a week, right at this time. And uh, a lot going on this week. In fact, our share begins tomorrow. Uh, we'll tell you a little bit about, more about that in just a moment. Uh, second half of the program in studio will be Walter Crawford. He is the co-founder of Homeschool Connections, and they have a big Catholic homeschool conference coming up beginning this Friday, and it goes into Saturday as well. And I was just looking at the lineup of uh, speakers and recorded talks and uh, workshops and all kinds of good stuff. So if you have any interest in homeschooling or maybe you, ha- you are homeschooling or plan on it, you definitely want to consider this. And so Walter will be here for the second half of the show to talk about that. And, uh, did you hear about this crazy event? You know, they had the, the, the so-called pride event in Dallas over the weekend. And there was an event. I don't know if Cecil, if this hits your radar or not, but it was called drag your kids to pride. Did you hear about that? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it's a play on words because they had, like, drag queens dancing. And they had some parents, and I don't know, how, I can't get my head in around a parent who would bring a kid to this. It was at a bar. And a lot of people are saying, why, why are kids allowed in the bar in the first place, much less there with, with like, drag have, queens dancing? I just one time with my family tried to say guy, goodbye to a girl who was going away to college at a bar. And I couldn't even go past the front entrance I know. when I was 20. And there were police like, there that were, like, letting the kids in. I mean, it's craziness, oh, but... There's a guy, uh, we're actually going to talk to him here in about 10 minutes. Daniel Rodriguez from Latter Day Latin Mass Parish was one of the organizers of a rosary rally. He sent me some pictures and there were several, a couple dozen people that showed up, uh, to focus on the sacred heart of Jesus, uh, which the month of June is dedicated to. And they peacefully prayed and had some signs. While this craziness was going on at this bar last Saturday in Dallas. And so Daniel's going to join us and let us know, uh, how it went. And also, uh, I think they have another event planned as well, but it's going to just continue to get crazy and crazy. I think that this kind of public witness, peaceful, prayerful public witness is, uh, as important as ever. And then also uh, there is an event coming up on Tuesday, June 14th at 6.30 p.m at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in Keller, and it's called Exposition of Sacred Relics, Treasures of the Church, 150 different relics, and uh, I won't tell you a whole lot of details, because we're going to have uh, Father Carlos Martins, who's the director of the Treasures of the, of the Church uh, exhibition, on with us here in about 15 minutes as well, so he will tell us all about that. And uh, then, of course, Walter uh, in studio for the second half. So, all right, before that, let's talk about 
what happens tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's something that I need to be here for tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. Uh, I was going to come in at on? noon, personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should go over well. Yeah. Yeah, so tomorrow at 7 a.m. we are starting our summer share with the theme Eucharistic Revival. So for four days straight, we'll be on the air 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, asking for donations to help keep Catholic Radio on the air. And it's a great theme, Eucharistic Revival. We really need that right now. There's lots of giving levels, giving away music, giving away a fantastic uh, interview you did with Father Sam Medley. So be sure to tune in. And we'd love it if a North Texas caller was one of the first callers. That's like yeah, kind of our, like, we're a little competitive. You it doesn't know? always happen that way. It doesn't but, always. Uh, we have some very, very uh, on top of the people in Houston and, in, and up in the Maryland area. Yeah, so here's the phone number, 800-476-3311. Tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, the uh, share with the theme of Eucharistic Revival starts. So don't let us down, dear North Texas, okay? <laughs> uh, but do call in and be as generous as you can. And real quickly, because i got a couple uh, sound cl- uh, audio clips I want to play and get on to our first guest. Uh, the, the Summer Speaker Series event is still July 21st. Uh, Bishop uh, uh, Joseph Strickland is our speaker, and you go to summerspeakerseries.com to buy your tickets. They're $75, and that includes uh, hors d'oeuvres and wine in a great talk. So please prayerfully consider coming to that event. All right, uh, last Thursday, there was an event uh, called Our Pro-Life Moment, which was a nine-month celebration of the Texas heartbeat laws put on by Texas Values. Jonathan Sines, who's a regular guest on the program, was on, and it was so exciting because I got to interview the two authors of the Texas heartbeat law. I mean, this is a big deal. It basically made, I mean, saving I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of babies here in Texas. And as we eagerly await the Supreme Court decision on Dobbs, which could overturn Roe v. Wade, some people are saying it could be as early as today. Uh, so I'm sorry to be so frantic, but I want to play these real quickly because I, I, I think it's, it's good to hear from these folks who wrote the law. Okay, first one, Senator Brian Hughes. State Senator Brian Hughes, and uh, I had a chance to speak with him, author of the Texas Harpy Law. This is uh, State Senator Brian Hughes, author of the Texas Harpy Law. If you could just real quickly tell us about nine months after the Harpy Law, your thoughts as far as its effectiveness and uh, just how you feel being the author of it. We're excited. We're so thankful. God is really blessed here. So the heartbeat law in Texas took effect. For 50 years, states have been passing pro-life laws, and they get blocked by the courts. This one took effect, and so it's been saving about 100 lives a day. 100 little unborn babies a day that would have been aborted in Texas have not been aborted. So we're very excited, and right along with that, what's so important is the fact that we've increased funding for the Alternatives to Abortion program so that moms that are facing difficult pregnancies, difficult choices, not sure what their options are, we're giving them tangible help. Encouragement, yes, but tangible help. Money for baby formula, baby clothes, diapers, car seats. For those moms who choose to adopt, helping with that adoption process. We increased funding to $100 million for this program when we passed the heartbeat law because we knew more moms and more babies would need help. So we want to keep doing that. We want to show that you can love and respect the mother while we save the life of the little unborn baby. We can do both, and both are important. That's what we're trying to do. So we're very excited about the way things are going. Amen. Last question. Uh, you quoted Proverbs up on stage. I won't ask you to memorize it, but can you summarize what that passage is yes, and means, sir. And yes, especially sir. in light of this bill? You bet. Over in Proverbs chapter 24, verses 11 and 12, the Lord says, If you hold back, if you forbear, and you don't deliver those who are being drawn toward the slaughter, those are being drawn toward death. 
if you say we didn't know about that, doesn't he who keeps your soul consider it? And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? We think about those little babies who are being drawn toward the slaughter. We know about it. We have a duty to help them. And then even beyond that, that verse reminds us that every one of us, every human being is a sinner. We have a God who loves us, who created us. We have this sin problem that separates us from him. And the wonderful news is that Jesus Christ, his son, God himself, humbled himself and came to this earth in the form of a little baby and grew up and lived a beautiful life, never sinning. And then he gave his life on the cross for your sins and my sins and the sins of the whole world. And after he died, he rose again on the third day and we can be saved by faith in him. So that's the best message from that verse. It's a great pro-life verse today when we think about abortion. The day is coming when Roe versus Wade is gonna be gone and people will look back on this period of our history and they'll wonder how we let this happen. Mm -hmm. So when our children, when our grandchildren ask us what we did, we want to be able to say, I did my part. I prayed, I voted, I worked, I helped those moms. It's so important. That's where we want to be. All right, there it is, State Senator Brian Hughes. Uh, great to talk to him, and he definitely is a man of God. Uh, takes uh, he's, he's he's not Catholic. He, he's a, he's a Protestant, but he's uh, definitely a, a a good Christian man. All right, uh, the other author uh, is Representative Shelby Slauson, and she was walking out uh, from the event, and I, I I ran up to her and I said, "Do you have two minutes to do an interview with me about the you know your authorship of the Texas Heartbeat Law?" And she said, "Sure." And so here is my t- discussion with uh, uh, Representative Shelby Slauson. All right, this is Shelby Slauson. She is the author of the Texas Heartbeat Law. Thanks for joining me here. Uh, tell me what the inspiration was for you and the process for getting this law before and passed. Well, as a mother, I've had the great privilege of being able to witness those first signs of life in the womb when we know that God has created a most precious life. I was also um, raised in a household that emphasized the value and the importance of life. And my own mother had experienced very difficult complications during a pregnancy and had been encouraged by her physician to abort. Hmm. And most graciously, my parents uh, prayed over that, sought counsel of another physician who encouraged them instead to just keep coming back. That little tiny heart was beating, so keep coming back, we'll keep checking. And uh, nine months later, little baby is born perfectly healthy. And so my parents shared with me that, that incredible testimony of faith over fear and the importance of life. So it was a tremendous privilege then to, 44 years later, stand on the floor of the Texas House with my colleagues as we pass that protection for all Texas heartbeats. Yeah, thank you for doing that. We're nine months later. What have been the fruits uh, of the legislation so far? You know, how many lives have been saved and uh, what has been the overall impact of it so far? Well, right off, we saw an incredible decrease in abortions. I think the statistics from the first month that it was effective showed that across the board, abortions were down about 60%. Um, But more than that, abortions after a heartbeat had been detected dropped even more dramatically. I believe there were two in that month after the Heartbeat Act went into effect, which is probably explained by the exception out there for medical emergencies. Uh, But we right away saw a very tremendous impact for Texas babies and mothers. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the national level, there's a lot of states that are passing some great legislation, like Oklahoma recently. What impact has the Texas law had on the nation and also any possible impact on Supreme Court 
uh, upcoming case, or is that a totally separate thing? Does it, does it, is it related to what the Supreme Court is arguing right now? Well, we know that there's a very tremendous pro-life movement across the United States. And as soon as the act went into effect on September 1st, and later that same day, the Supreme Court issued a ruling that allowed the Texas Heartbeat Act to stand. We received immediate contacts from a variety of states who saw a new energy for the fights that they were having in their own states as they sought to uh, find out more about what we had done and how they could model their own legislation after it. And numerous states have um, begun that process. Some have made it all the way through. Idaho uh, passed a version of the bill. Now it has, I think it's currently stayed as it works its way through their court system. And then Oklahoma has had just a tremendous month for pro-life. They came in strong. They passed a heartbeat bill and they passed a trigger ban and they are doing all that they can within, within their state to ensure that once that little heartbeat is detected, those Oklahoma babies are protected, too. Mm-hmm. Boy, that uh, sounds so good, you know, the quality of the sound, and also what she said, but uh, the equipment these days is so good. You go out in location, you get to hear the ambient noise behind you. It's really nice. Uh, all right, moving right along, as I mentioned last weekend, uh, most of us uh, that <laughs> have any kind of sense of the good and the true and the beautiful were uh, pretty outraged at a event in Dallas called Drag Your Kids to Pride. I mean, my goodness. I mean, uh, So to counter that, uh, a group of uh, good folks uh, organized a, a rosary rally, and Daniel Rodriguez from Mater Day uh, Latin Mass Parish in the Diocese of Dallas was one of the organizers. He joins us on the phone now to talk about that and uh, how it all went. Daniel, uh, thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for what you're doing. I know you told uh, me about this last week, and we promoted it as best we could in in short notice, but uh, you sent some pictures. It looked like at least a couple dozen people came out, a few few dozen to to, to pray. Uh, Tell us about uh, what y'all did, the the turnout, and maybe some of the the reaction that y'all got uh, while you were there praying. Sure, yeah. um, So, actually, the, the numbers were actually a little bit larger than that. The pictures that I sent you were taken, um, most of them were taken from a local newspaper. Uh, so we actually got about 80 people to show up. Oh, wow. That's and great. yeah, it was great. Uh, there was some of the groups that also showed up that had heard about the, the event. Um, and what was most positive, in, I feel, was that there was a lot of uh, young men that showed up. Mm-hmm. Men in their 20s, 30s showed up to pray the rosary, um, to use the power of the most powerful weapon that we have, which is the Holy Rosary, to counteract these um, these really evil, despicable events. Yeah, what what kind of reaction? did? Was there any confrontation? Was the other side present? Uh, were you all right outside the bar? Or how, how close were you able to get? And uh, what was the response from the other side? We, we were right across the street from it. Uh, there was another group that showed up right in front of it, but we were right across the street, which was where the windows were to the, uh, to the event, so they would be able to see us. Um, the other side did show up. In fact, uh, one of the undercover police officers that I spoke to told me that Antifa was actually there. We saw them. They were standing across the street. But again, we never felt any real fear because we were under the mantle of Our Lady, so we just stood our ground, concentrated on praying the rosary, and 
everything turned out well. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Seems like every year the month of June is getting crazier and crazier. I mean, uh, like I mentioned at the introduction, uh, drag your kids to pride. I mean, I know it's a, you know, it's a double meaning with drag and drag queens and all that, but you shouldn't have to drag your kid to any event, especially something this perverse. Uh, yeah, I mean, God bless you for what, what you're doing. Uh, and it's all kind of came together, uh, pretty quickly. Uh, are there plans for future events, or what do you guys have going on next? Absolutely. So I want everyone in, in the DFW area to know that we're having a rosary march on June 18th at 1 p.m. Uh, I advise everyone to get there early because of parking situation, and the location where we're going to start the march uh, through downtown Dallas is Our Lady of Guadalupe Cathedral. So that will be the starting point, and then we'll march through uh, most sections of downtown Dallas. The reason that we're marching is to win back the month of June for the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and eventually we want to work towards the consecration of the state of Texas to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. This is a spiritual war, and we have to entrust ourselves to Our Lady, and the best way to do that is to uh, publicly um, show up Real Catholic action is taking up space, praying the rosary. Uh, it's not just limited to voting and, and other political acts. Yeah. Daniel Rodriguez joining me from Modern Day Parish, one of the organizers of a rosary rally to protest uh, last weekend's event, Drag Your Kids to Pride. A lot of the video and images came across Twitter that I saw from the event itself, and people are just like, what in the world is going on? And uh, why were there kids? It, it took place actually in a bar, right? Why, why, why were kids allowed in the bar in the first place? Or did the police just look the other way, or what? Well, uh we spoke to the police, and yeah, it's it's a 21 and older bar. They normally, I, I think they might have gone away with it because of, of the time frame and the kind of the leniency of the Dallas Police Department. The the actual officers of the Dallas Police Department, I, I want to commend, they were very helpful, very nice. They protected us. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think it, it kind of shows that the, where the political aspects of our country, our state, and our city our, are where the police just stands by and allows parents, or possibly parents, because they're not taking IDs, so there's just adults walking in with children right into uh, this place to do the, the despic- despicable acts that you, you've seen in the videos I don't want to describe. Yeah, yeah, it is despicable. That's a good word for it. Daniel, I don't know if you've seen yeah. the video. It's got, I kind of gotten somewhat viral of an, uh, an Italian priest in an exorcism speaking to a demon. I don't recommend it for everybody because it's actually a demon voice, you know, speaking Italian. And the priest is asking the demon about the rosary and Our Lady. And the demon admits yeah. that, are you familiar with this, uh, this, this video that, that's going around? And, and it admits that, that the, 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 the the, the demons hate Our Lady and hate the Rosary, and that the best thing a family yeah. can do to yeah. ward off the demons is is pray the Rosary. And so I think you know, uh, all the more you know, better what you guys are doing to combat the, the these evils in our culture right now. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that video, and it's exactly right. The the demons fear the Holy Rosary, and more importantly, they fear Our Lady. Our Lady is our intercessor. She's our co-redemptrix, which is um, it's very important to entrust ourselves to her in these spiritual battles. We need to win back space. We need to win back the state of Texas, 
and our country. And we're only going to going to do that uh, via the Holy Rosary. Amen. Uh, just, that's that's what. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was yeah, just no, going to say that uh, there is a, uh, I think it's related, uh, but not specifically to what you guys are doing, but there is a spiritual warfare conference that's coming up in Plano at St. Mark's later on this month. It's in Adam Bly, who's a, a, a demonologist. I interviewed him last week and, uh, and and asked him about that same video you and I were talking about. And he said I hadn't. He said he hadn't seen yeah. it, but he said, "Yeah, they're absolutely right." And because he's been in exorcisms, and he knows, you know, uh, how the, the the demons operate. And, and anyways, um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, just have another minute or, or two, Daniel, if you could just give your last words of encouragement for anybody, and also kind of reiterate the information about that June eighteenth event, if you would. Sure, absolutely. Um, I want to tell everybody that uh, that I know sometimes it can be a little scary, the idea of going out there, taking space. Uh, Catholics are hated. Uh, the country has unfortunately fallen under the powers of these demonic evil forces, and they are going to attack us. You've seen the attacks on our churches, but we have to get rid of that fear. We have to remember that Catholics have been persecuted uh, through most of our history. Uh, we have to remember the army of the Vendée in France, the Carlists in in Spain, as well as the Cristeros in Mexico. They stood to bullets. They gave their lives. Remember why we're doing this. We're doing this for our children, for the future generations. Fear not. We are on the good side, and we're under the protection of Our Lady, of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to do this. We... We need to finally step up. We can't just sit in our homes anymore silently while the country is um, falling apart. All right. Thank so, you. And, um, and, yeah, real quickly, to, June 18th. To do that, we're actually having a march. Yeah, June 18th. Sorry, that's about I just want to put that in. No, June 18th, 1 p.m., we're having a march downtown Dallas. Uh, we're starting Our Lady of Guadalupe. Try to show up early so you can find parking. Uh, we will be uh, passing out flyers. You should see information on uh, social media. But please send me an email for more questions at eurotrad at protonmail.com. That's U-R-U-T, as in Tom, R-A-D, as in David, at protonmail.com. Eurotrad at protonmail.com. All right. Daniel, thanks so much for what you're doing. Thank you for uh, stepping out there and taking up space, like you said. Again, June 18th, 1 o'clock, uh, over starting at the uh, Guadalupe Cathedral outside for that uh, next uh, rosary rally. Uh, appreciate it. Good speaking with you, Daniel. Well, let's, let's stay in touch, okay? Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. All right. God bless everyone. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, this is a good news show here on KTH 9, 10 a.m., Guadalupe Radio Network. And we are going from one thing to the next. It's just that there's a lot going on, <laughs> including our share tomorrow morning. And uh, I want to turn our attention to an event. I'm very excited about this. I have a one of my Exodus brothers, Chris Ludwig, uh, contacted me about a week ago and said that he was trying to get uh, an event called an Exposition of Sacred Relics, uh, Treasures of the Church, over at his parish, which is St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in Keller. And then he contacted me uh, right after that and said, well, it's going to happen. I I was actually there Saturday at at Seas in Keller and spoke with Father Flynn, and a lot of good stuff happening over at the parish. And uh, joining me now 
On the phone is Father Carlos Martins, and he's the director of the Treasures of the Church, and I believe these, uh, it's sacred relics, and there's a whole bunch of them. 150 relics are going to be shown. This event is Tuesday, June 14th, beginning at 6.30 p.m., which is next Tuesday, right? Uh, a week from tomorrow, next Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Uh, the website, treasuresofthechurch.com, has more information, but it's coming to town, and you uh, it's going to have relics of the Twelve Apostles, St. Joseph, St. John the Baptist, St. Mary Magdalene, St. Therese of Lisieux, uh, a whole lot more, 150 of them. And so Father Carlos Martins joins us now, the director of the Treasures of the Church. Uh, Father, thanks for your time today. Uh, good to speak with you. You're most welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so other than what I said in my introductory uh, information, can you tell us uh, about this um, this exposition? I, I presume you are in charge of this, and you're touring it around the country. How long have you been doing this? And uh, maybe a little bit more about uh, what folks in Keller and anybody that comes to Keller next Tuesday is going to experience. Sure. Yeah, so this is a Vatican exhibit of Relics of the Saints, and I am the director uh, this this exhibit travels the world over. And so uh, a week from tomorrow, a week from uh, Tuesday of this week, it will be in Keller. And so what folks will see are the, the, the current exhibit numbers 165 relics of the saints, and they consist of saints from every period of the church's history, from saints from New Testament times, in the early Middle Ages, the High Middle Ages, until the most recently canonized and beatified saints. Uh, so folks will see relics of all 12 apostles, Mary Magdalene, John the Baptist, uh, favorites such as St. Jerome, St. Thomas Aquinas, and the most recently proclaimed saints, John Paul II, uh, Blessed Carl Acutis. In addition, the exhibit contains a fragment of the veil that belonged to Our Lady, to the Mother of God, and some of the largest certified relics of the true cross in the world. That is the the cross upon which our Lord died. It is very much a healing ministry. Uh, People are healed and set free uh, during that exposition, and and for that reason, it is very much in demand. That stop in Keller will be unfortunately the only stop in Texas on this tour. It begins at 6.30 p.m. And so I would encourage everybody, do arrive on time, because if you don't, you may not be able to get in. Uh, we expect a, a, a packed house. It was, the, the exhibit was just in Florida. Uh, there was standing room only at each location. Uh, so I, I would just encourage everybody to come early. Yeah, yeah, and early probably isn't six thirty. Probably more like six, right? Get there a little bit early to get in line uh, for when the doors open. Uh, Father, I never want to assume everybody listening, even to Catholic Radio, knows exactly what we're talking about with relics. And I know there's first class and second class relics, and you know this kind of thing. Can you explain a little bit about uh, what a relic is and what kind of relics? When you talk about the twelve apostles, is this part of their actual body or something they wore, or or what? what give us some examples and what relics are. Sure. Uh, so relics are 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 any physical object related to a saint, and they're usually divided into three classes. First-class relics are the body or fragments of the body of a saint. For example, pieces of bone or flesh, 
second-class relics or anything a saint personally owns, such as an item of clothing, a book, for example. Third-class relics are anything touched to a second or another third-class relic of a saint. In this particular exhibit, all of the relics except six of them are first-class relics. So all of the relics of the apostles, for example, are first-class. Mary Magdalene and so forth, they're all first-class. The only ones that are second-class are saints for whom we do not possess their bodies. Uh, so, for example, uh, Our Lady, Mary the Mother of God, uh, Lord, uh, both, both of those bodies exist in their physicality in heaven. Uh, but also, for example, St. Edith Stein, whose body was burned at Auschwitz by the Nazis, we don't possess her body. Uh, so so um, what we have of hers, it, it, the, her relic is, is a piece of her clothing. And so the ministry, as I mentioned, is a healing ministry. There are healings every single night, every single exposition. But everyone that I know in the 24 years that I've been doing this who has received a healing has been present at the talk that precedes viewing of the relics. There's something the Holy Spirit does during that talk that is then consummated in the presence of the relics. And so there are, there have been thousands of healings in the 20 plus years that this has been happening. Uh, I certainly encourage anyone and everyone who needs a healing of any sort to attend because this will be a moment of grace that is un, unparalleled. It, it is every day. Uh, Father Carlos Martins joins us. He is director of the Treasures of the Church. It's going on in Keller at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in Keller uh, next Tuesday, June 14th, beginning at 6.30 p.m. For more information, you go to treasuresofthechurch.com. Treasuresofthechurch.com, as Father says, he's been doing this for 24 years now. And, Father, I've been to some of these uh, relic expositions, and I always... I'm trying to figure out what the, the right kind of decorum is or how does one present him or herself, uh, you know, with, the, with these relics? Because obviously it's not on the level of the Blessed Sacrament and adoration. It's not Jesus Christ. But how, what is one to do, I guess, for lack of a better word? You're talking about the possible of he, the healing uh, power of, the, of some of these relics. But, sure. And it's not sure. a museum. You're not just there looking at it. And, oh, isn't that cool? But you know, how, how does one present themselves in, in, in what is the, sure. the, the proper disposition? Every time relics are mentioned in scripture, two things always occur. There is always a healing. There is never not a healing. And secondly, touch is the way by which that healing comes about. The, the people present will be able to touch each and every one of the relics that are there. Uh, so uh, I'm thinking about the Old Testament in the second book of Kings. A man had died and was being buried, and he was being lowered into a grave which had the body of the prophet Elisha previously buried within it. Uh, so the graves in those days were deep shafts within which shelves were carved along the wall. Well, inadvertently, his body touched the bones of Elisha. And it says he came back to life and sprang to his feet. Uh, in the New Testament, for example, we hear about Paul the Apostle being so holy, they would touch him with cloths and handkerchiefs and then lay them on the sick their diseases would leave them, and if they had any evil spirits, they would depart from them. We hear about in the Gospel of Matthew, for example, the, woman, the hemorrhaging woman who, in a moment of light, 
was aware that all she had to do was touch the hem of Christ's garment and then she would be healed. And that's exactly what she did. And that is exactly the outcome that came. She didn't touch Jesus, but his clothing. And that was enough for the healing. Mark goes even further in his account. And he says, and however many people touched it, they were all healed. So it is not the case that relics have some kind of magical power apart from God. But the saints are members, their, their limbs or body parts, if you will, of Christ's body. This is an image that Paul uses over and over again to describe the relationship of saints with Christ. So true and proper devotion to the saints takes nothing away from the worship of Christ because they are members of his body. So true and proper devotion to the saints always leads one back to Christ. So you're right in the sense that they are not Christ in terms of a, a, a one-to-one correspondence. But it would be wrong to say that in no way, shape, or uh, no way, shape, or form are they not Christ. They are members of His body. Uh, and so they're part of that mystical union, that mystical connection with Christ himself. He has forged them onto his own very body. So you're right. They are not the Eucharist, which is the object of our worship. But the saints are our object of veneration. And there is nothing on earth that ought to receive a higher veneration. Of course, the Eucharist receives worship, which is beyond veneration it, it is it, it's worship it's yes. we adore the eucharist as god so there is no comparison between the veneration that the the veneration given to a mere creature a saint an exalted creature but a creature nonetheless and the worship that we give to god alone. nevertheless god likes to work he dispenses himself and his power through the sacred remains of his saints god is the proud parent and he's he he likes to bring attention to his saints because they are his dear children, and he's he's proud of them. Yeah, he he right. wants to acknowledge. He wants to acknowledge what they've done and what they are. Yeah, right. And just so. as any parent, if any parent sees his or her daughter receive an honor, right, there's no jealousy on the part of the parent. Right? There, there's in fact, you honor the parent by honoring the child. Yes, exactly. Father, thank you for your time, and I hope everybody listening will make plans to uh, go out to Keller, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish. Again, it's a week from tomorrow, beginning at 6.30 p.m. Is there a cutoff time, or, or is there an there's no There's no cutoff time. Uh, I, we would just say... Get there early, folks. Okay. Treasuresofthechurch.com has more information. All right. Father, thank you very much, uh, Fran. We, we look forward to your visit to North Texas uh, next Tuesday. Thanks again to Chris uh, Ludwig over there at St. Elizabeth and Seton Parish in Cal, and also Father Flynn, and uh, a lot, lot of good stuff happening uh, at that parish. Uh, uh, Father, thank you. Uh, look forward to your to, to seeing you uh, next week when you, when you visit uh, the Fort Worth Diocese. 
All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Father. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, Walter Crawford, one of the founders of uh, Homeschool Connections and the other founder of Homeschool Connections, Maureen Whitman, is going to join us by phone. There is a big Catholic homeschool conference going on online beginning this Friday. And they have a lot of speakers, a lot of workshops and a lot going on. And we're going to talk all about it after this quick break here on The Good News Show. St. Jude Catholic Church in Allen invites all to its Divine Mercy Cynical Study every Thursday morning through June 7th. The study takes place in the lecture hall from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. and includes a weekly prayer and discussion guided by the Eucharistic Apostles of the Divine Mercy. The Cynical Formation Manual teaches us to gain deeper understanding of the message of the Divine Mercy as encouraged by the teaching of Sacred Scripture, Catechism of the Catholic Church, and the Diary of St. Faustina. Is your facility in need of additional meeting or classroom space, but there's no room in the budget to add on to the building? I'm Glenn Trahan, owner of Modern Fold Door and Specialties and proud sponsor of KATH 910AM. Modern Fold Door and Specialties can solve your space division problems by installing operable walls to create additional spaces. We also provide repair and service. You can contact us at 214-357-2572 for a free consultation or trwfamily.com. God bless. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in Keller welcomes all KTH 910 AM listeners to an exposition of sacred relics called Treasures of the Church on Tuesday, June 14th, beginning at 6.30 p.m. Over 150 relics will be shown, including the 12 Apostles, St. Joseph, St. Maria Gretti, St. John the Baptist, St. Therese of Lisieux, St. Faustina, and St. Francis of Assisi. There will also be a fragment of the veil that belonged to Our Lady. Please visit treasuresofthechurch.com for more information. Do you think it would be easier to walk in your faith journey alone or alongside others? Scripture teaches us that we are meant to be in community. Pope Francis recently commented that fraternity is essential to the human quality. The number one Catholic fraternity is the Knights of Columbus, and they have made it easier than ever to join. By joining, your family will enjoy a wide array of membership benefits, like a subscription to the largest Catholic publication, the Columbia Magazine. You can go online right now and become a member. Go to knights.net. That's K-N-I-G-H-T-S dot net. Welcome back to the Good News Show here on this wonderful June 6th, 2022. We are now in ordinary time outside of uh, the Easter season. Boy, uh, that long Easter season, now we're in ordinary time all the way till Advent. I think 34 weeks total of uh, ordinary time. And uh, there is a lot going on. When you live in a big metroplex like uh, North Texas, uh, there's a whole lot going on like we've been talking about. This uh, segment, we are going to be talking about something that's online. So it doesn't matter where you're living, you can take part in the 2022 online Catholic Homeschool Conference with a theme of empowering you to homeschool joyfully. You go to catholichomeschoolconference.com and you can find out all about it. It's going to be this Friday and Saturday, June 10th and June 11th. I appreciate uh, you guys waiting until our Shurathon was just about over to begin this, so we appreciate that. Uh, joining me in studio is Walter, Walter Crawford, uh, one of the founders of uh, Homeschool uh, Connections and also this conference, along with the other co-founder. we got the two big cheeses uh, on the show with us today. Maureen Whitman uh, joins us as well. So welcome to both of you. Hey, thanks, Dave. Thank you, Dave. 
Oh, wow. You sound crystal clear, Maureen. This is, uh, I love technolo- te- technology. You sound like you're in studio with us. I should have just said you were here, but that would have been a lie. So, but, uh, Maureen, which cheese right. are you? Are you, the, are you the cheddar or are you the blue cheese? <laughs> or not nacho cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the second cheese. Walter's well, 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 the biggest cheese. <laughs> All right. So, uh, tell us about this, Walter. How many years have you done the conference? Uh, what's the purpose, the point? Uh, just some of the, the kind of the the, the big picture uh, sure, of what's going picture. on this Friday. Uh, well, we're in year three, so this really started out with, uh, uh, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, a lot of the conferences, in-person conferences, were shuttered. So we wanted to uh, take an opportunity to still extend that opportunity, the same opportunity, to get the information to parents where they need it the most, and, and particularly the ones that are you know, preparing for the upcoming school year uh, and making decisions on whether or not to homeschool, that sort of thing. So that was a big, big part of the driver when we first started. Now it's, 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 it's an extent, it's a continuation of that. We, uh, you know, Marie and I have always been advocates through homeschool connections are trying to empower the parents to homeschool joyfully. It's a big part of how we operate and naturally we wanted the, the conference to be an extension of that. And so we think, uh, we, we pray and we hope that, um, uh, the folks that do attend see it the same way. We have a wonderful lineup of speakers and uh, interactive workshops and, uh, you know, talks and, 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 partic- and also just the ability for parents to connect with one another, which we can talk about in more detail if you'd like. But it's, it's just an, it's going to be a wonderful opportunity. And by the way, it's worth pointing out. This is a conference, an online conference like none other. Uh, it is entirely in, in, in engaging in a unique way that we can uh, specify in a minute. But we're just so excited to be to be on the air and being able to talk about it. And it's coming. I yeah. mean, it's coming this this upcoming <laughs> Friday. Yeah. Ready or not, so. it's coming. Yeah, Maureen. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to kind of get my head around this. What uh, Walter just kind of alluded to is, you know, yeah. uh, well, how wait, what times they begin on Friday, and when somebody logs on, of course they've registered and they're 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 in. Right. What do they see? What do they do? There's live talks. There's pre recorded talks. There's workshops. You know, there's you know the the networking or the I guess the, the, the yeah. mingling with other homeschool families to kind of tell us what, what, what exactly, how is this going to be formatted? Well, first of all, the Thursday night, so the night before the conference, they'll get a link, which is their ticket. And they can actually go in Thursday night and start checking things out. There's an exhibitor hall. So you can check out all the great Catholic homeschooling vendors who will be there. Um, so you can do some shopping. There'll be lots of conference specials where um, you can get discounts and freebies from the vendors. So you can start checking that out ahead of time if you want. Um, we'll also have some pre-recorded talks. So you can go in and watch Joseph Pierce and other great speakers. Um, watch those talks if you want. But the live event itself starts Friday at 3.30 Eastern. So that would be 2.30 Central. And we're going to start with a work with um, a talk with Sonia Corbett. So that there'll be various talks throughout the weekend. Um, those you can attend, you can interact, there'll be some polling going on, and there'll be a chat box, and you'll be able to uh, ask questions of the speaker. So we try to mimic an in-person conference as much as possible. Uh, the workshops will be very interactive, where uh, there'll actually be breakout rooms, the speaker will speak, um, talk about the subjects. So for example, we have a talk on homeschooling dads, right? How to support moms, because most homeschoolers are mothers. So how do dads support them? And then there'll be a breakout session where you can go into small groups, discuss um, 
what, what was spoken about, come up with some ideas, and then come back with the speakers and then continue to flush out what you talked about in that in that breakout group. So that's pretty exciting where you can actually be connecting with people in a more intimate way than we normally would do online. Um, yeah. There'll also be parent me. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. It's, uh, I was just looking at the list of speakers, and uh, you're yeah. one of them. You're doing a talk called You Can Do This. I, uh, yeah. Sonia, yeah. Father Augustine Weta, Danielle Bean. I think most people are familiar with her. But uh, anyways, yeah, so it looks like a great lineup of the live speakers, not to mention it's also the, the recorded lineup. speakers as well. Yeah. yeah, and the workshop leaders, too. You know, people like Annabelle Mosley, um, you know, some other peop- uh, well-known speakers will be out there helping us. I mean, for example, Heather uh, Giambavo will be giving a talk on decluttering. I mean, that's something we all need, <laughs> whether we own school or not. So. Have you seen my office? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I've seen it. <laughs> I yeah, know. you need to come, Dave. It's not be pretty. There. <laughs> so, yeah, tell, tell us, uh, Walter, about the workshops. Are these live or how, how, how do the workshops happen and how, do, how you know? Yeah, they're going to be live and it's going to be, uh, you know, generally they're going to start off with a 15-minute talk. Um, and then they'll have a prompt that will follow where they'll each of the attendees will have a chance to go in their breakout rooms uh, and they'll basically have a, a chance to troubleshoot essentially the prompt. So the question might be, how do you declutter your house or how do you cl- declutter your homeschool room? And then uh, that and that'll be a that'll be a facilitated experience. And then they'll come back uh, collectively and talk about what they've what they've learned from each other. And then so it becomes a big knowledge share. Really, it becomes what which is one idea with one person shares with the hundreds of people that will be in these various breakout rooms. They'll come together with a variety of ideas that each person will be able to implement in their own homeschooling efforts. So it's not just simply about a, a unilateral experience where they're having the talker talk and I'm sitting there taking notes. No, no, this is going to be very, very engaging. And I think that's something we want to underscore. And that was purposeful. One of the things that this platform that we're on, the technology allows you, David, you've been talking extensively about and reminding us of how technology is so wonderful. Uh, the platform that we're using is going to augment that experience. So it's simply not watching a, a talk and then seeing what people think about it. It's going to be very engaging. And Maureen was about to talk about the parent meetups, um, and I really would want to underscore that. Those are unique experiences. Think about uh, uh, three-minute dating or speed dating, right? Uh, yeah. it's, it's very indicative of that, except it's parents connecting with one another randomly. Uh, you might even be able to – you might be the lucky one to draw Maureen's name or the unlucky one to draw my name. <laughs> but um, you'll get the chance to – to talk about uh, whatever the previous talk was about or anything that we're going to have prompts as a matter of fact. So you're not on an island. You're not just staring at one another, but you'll enter into a room. You'll be able to talk with that person individually. And uh, there will be a question that you'll be you know, prompted to, to talk about. And then from that, you'll be able to, if you want to continue that conversation, it's going to be usually about four minutes in length. You can extend it or you can, uh, you can discontinue it and you'll go right into the next person. But either way, you'll be able to exchange contact information if you're interested with the mm-hmm. person that you uh, are connecting with. If you have nothing in common with this person and you have no interest in continuing it, you just move on. <laughs> There's no requirement. But if you are interested in continuing the conversation, either outside the conference or during the conference, you can extend that same conversation or you can 
uh, pick up where you left off at another time by exchanging your contact information. So wow. it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, that, that is very interesting. Uh, I, I noticed there's a, a talk, Maureen, uh, Vivian Dudro, uh, homeschooling. Are you crazy? Uh, talk, talk about the, cause I know you and Walter have both homeschooled. My wife and I did it pretty briefly. Yeah. We're, we're not doing it at the, at the moment, but, uh, tell us about the impact of the pandemic and people, you know, everybody pretty much homeschooling for a while. Is right. it, is it continuing to grow in popularity? And maybe you can dispel some of these fears that people have that they could never right. do it. Yeah. So, you know, the big thing about the pandemic was, um, it wasn't homeschooling, right? Pandemic schooling was not homeschooling. Uh, for us who have been homeschooling all all along, people you know would say to me, "Oh, well, this is what you've always been doing." No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. You know, we we were all locked down, and and homeschooling is very um, community driven. And I used to say we we car schooled more than we homeschooled <laughs> because we're out and about in the community. So you know, now that the pandemic has lifted, people are back to school. Um, a lot of people are staying with it at Homeschool Connections. We're seeing almost no drop off. Um, really not. We were pretty much the same people are, are sticking with us. So I think people are discovering that, okay, this is different than pandemic schooling and they're finding the joy and the love of being able to um, homeschool their children. I mean, for us, it was always the family life. Uh, that's what I loved about homeschooling even more so than the education benefits. So yeah, the pandemic introduced a lot of people <laughs> to homeschooling. Uh, a lot of the people we saw two years ago were people who had been considering it all along um, or had been homeschooling for a while and left. And so the pandemic either helped them make that decision or come back to it, and then they've stayed with it. The, the website, CatholicHomeschoolConference.com, CatholicHomeschoolConference.com. We're talking about the the Catholic Homeschool Conference, which begins <laughs> this Friday, as Maureen said, 2.30 p.m. Central Time, and that's when Sonia Corbett is going to give a talk called Finding and Keeping Joy as Homeschoolers. There's also workshops and recorded talks as well by a whole lot of people. Um, and I, I love the idea of these these watch parties. Uh, tell oh, us about yeah. that, though, the watch parties. So you got some people that are actually coming together and watch them together yeah, yeah i mean we're I'm good super at this. excited yeah well, this is really cool so we wanted <laughs> to make sure that this wasn't just again if someone was watching from home and that's their preference this is a perfect venue for that right but there's also those individuals that would prefer to have the ability to sit around and talk in person about the experience or even reflect on it with one another and so we've made a concerted effort to reach out to local co-ops um you know, a community organized, or, you know, I guess homeschool leaders and their respective locations and try to coordinate with them to try and get them to be able to meet in their space, whatever that might be at the home or maybe a church or whatever. But the idea is that they would have um, basically the conference on screen, some like a shared screen of some sort, and that the prompts that they would have would still be, they'd have the same prompts, and their experience to share with one another, instead of doing it, say, the breakout room, as, as we talked about earlier, instead of it being that they break up individually online, they are breaking out as a group, right? Mm -hmm. That they're sharing. In person. Yeah, they're sharing it in person <laughs> with one another. So it's, it's a great hybrid approach. We feel like it's a great hybrid approach. We've been working closely with leaders and providing them with resources and materials and keeping that line of communication open so they know what to expect. And, yeah, it's going to be a really... Uh, unique opportunity for these parents who can't make the in-person conferences 
still get the in-person experience while still get access to these wonderful talks and engaging opportunities. Yeah. Walter, you're going to be the MC. I am. I, I've emceed a lot of events, but I've never emceed. I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever emceed a virtual event. How, how, how does that work? That's because all you, I do, you, Dave. You got, a lot, <laughs> you got a lot of stuff. Are you going to be like at a location, a studio from home? or, or how, to Tell us the, from an MC perspective what, what your, your duties will be and how, yes. how are you going to pull that off. So we've been working extensively with the team that we've worked with to, to organize this event. They're kind of the behind-the-scenes producers. Uh, and, or maybe a director is the right word, but, um, coordinating with them has been very, very beneficial. So I'm going to have the whole setup inside the office at the home office. I'm going to vacuum seal the doors. I won't come out for two days. <laughs> I'm sure the kids out and the, the, uh, out of the, uh, the house for, uh, <laughs> you know, move them. Maybe, maybe this yeah. is my opportunity to move them. Uh, out of state uh, for yeah. with with good reasons, so that we can you're one of those viral videos of uh, your kids showing up <laughs> no, while you're seeing. You've seen those, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it won't be that. You I get hope. them up to Michigan. <laughs> I love kids. But it is worth pointing out: we are a family first organization. So if the kids do, yeah. Pound the door, and I'm, I'm sure it'll be a, yeah. a, a big Life smile on everyone's on, right? face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Maureen, uh, can you talk about some of the nuts and bolts as far as the cost? Uh, if there's different levels, yeah. you know that. You know how do how do they register and get access and all that kind of stuff? Right. So to register, you go to CatholicHomeschoolConference.com. Uh, the tickets are thirty eight ninety seven, and what that ticket price gets you is, of course, in the front door, all the live events all the pre-recorded talks, uh, access to all the conference specials that are being offered by all of our vendors or the exhibitors. But it also gives you one year of access. So from now until, you know, May 2023, you can go back and re-watch those videos. So we have found from past conferences, parents love that part. Um, They love to come in community with local homeschool, their local homeschool group and watch videos together or on their own when they need some encouragement or, you know, they need some help. I, I, how do I teach math? There's a great talk on how to teach math. You know, how, how do I encourage my child to learn literature? You know, there's a great talk on that. So we try to make the pre-recorded talks very practical so parents can take that information and plug it right into their homeschool that day. So lots of benefits to that ticket. So all they have to do is go to homeschool connection. I'm sorry, CatholicHomeschoolConference.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to give you the wrong <laughs> <clears throat> and just click the register now button. Um, and all the information is there that you need. Uh, who are the conference speakers? Who are the workshop speakers, et cetera? But don't hesitate to reach out to us. There is a contact form and ask us any questions or reach out to us at team at catholichomeschoolconference.com. And we're happy to answer any questions. I got to ask you about this Father Augustine Weta. I, I picked up his book, <laughs> The Humility Book, uh, a few years yeah. ago. The guy's hilarious. And his talk is called, he, this is a live talk, talk, Fail yep. Life Lessons from Losers, Washouts, Has-Beens, and Other Great Saints. That's, that's, talking, a, that's a great title. Yeah, yeah and he's talking <laughs> about me. The washout part was me. You You get mentioned. uh, Yeah, so he's talking about what's just that the saints are fallible people like like us. And we can actually strive for sanctity because, yeah, yeah. yeah, And and, and the other cool fact about him, he's the, he's also the, what do they call him? The surfing monk? Is that what it's called? So if you <laughs> search for him, he's like attacked by a shark or something. So kind of crazy. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And I love the, the how, how did y'all decide on, 
or, or did the speakers decide the the topics? It, it's so uh, you know eclectic, uh, such, such a variety. You've got just, uh, a talk on dys- dyslexia. Yeah. You've got one on uh, homeschooling multiple children. G.K. Chesterton. Uh, you know, uh, classical education. It's a, it's a real. I mean, is is there a, all kind of with the main theme of homeschooling joyfully, right? Or how, how did the topics right, come right. about? Yeah, Murray, I, I would say, I would just say, to, Murray's gonna can expound on this, but we were very uh, uh, thoughtful, I guess you might say, in the approach that we took, yeah, intentional, because yeah. what we wanted was, especially with the talks themselves, we wanted them at the timing of the talks, was designed for parents who wanted to who are new to homeschooling. We wanted them to have didn't have to make a, the tough decision as to which new talk to, or new homeschooler talk I want to go to. Uh, same with uh, tenured or veteran uh, homeschoolers. We wanted to give them uh, ample opportunity to have a flow that they could walk through from one from the beginning to the end and not feel like they missed out on any live talks which so often can happen if you have if you have too many of them or if you're they're bunched up in the wrong way mm-hmm. um and and as far as the pre-recorded talks, those were more tactical in nature, right? They were designed to be more practical in the way they the information that they give, and you know that you'd want to want to watch them over and over again because they have such they're so meaty, right? Mm-hmm. Marine, was there anyone to add to that? Because I think that that's a, indicative of how we've tried to purposely take in the, our approach with the planning of the talks. Right. It, it, Walter explained it perfectly. We were just very thoughtful, very intentional in working with the speakers. So we went to them and said, here's what we're looking for. Tell us what you're, what you would want to do within these guidelines. And we just had fantastic response with all these speakers. Yeah. Uh, th- thanks to both of you. We're just down to the last couple minutes here. Just want to remind everybody, this is Friday and Saturday. Begins 2.30 Central Time. This Friday goes through Saturday. The website is catholichomeschoolconference.com. And uh, Walter Crawford and Maureen Whitman are the two co-founders of uh, Catholic Homeschool Connections. And this all, also this conference, as Walter mentioned, that's been going on now for three years. And I'm just curious, uh, you know, last question, have you, who, who, who comes to this? Uh, you, you have people who have been homeschooling <laughs> for 25 years, and you may have somebody that just has that curiosity factor. Uh, some, yeah. Somebody that is intimidated and just kind of wants to look in. Uh, do you have any way of kind of figuring out uh, who who your audience is, or maybe a, 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 a hodgepodge of all these these different level t- types of folks? Yeah. It really is a hodgepodge. It's very eclectic, and and not only that, but international audience. We have oh, really? people coming from the Philippines and Australia, um, Mexico, Canada. Um, Italy, <laughs> you know, so it, it's a very eclectic group of of Catholic homeschool families from people just considering it. Do I want to do this or not? Who are brand new, as well as the moms like myself who've been at twenty five years. Yeah, just invite everybody to go to the website. I I printed out the just the the, the topics and the, the the speakers, and I I had to delete the pictures because I would have had you know uh, eighty picture eighty pages. But <laughs> there's a, a lot of folks uh, that are speaking. Uh, some some familiar names uh, that that you're going to recognize. Joseph Pierce, perhaps being the the biggest one, cultivating a love of literature. Uh, just to invite you to go visit it. Uh, give each uh, you know another thirty seconds or so, and just make your little last pitch. I'll tell everybody the website CatholicHomeschoolConference.com. Third annual uh, Catholic Homeschool Conference going on beginning this Friday at 2.30 p.m. Uh, just give you each uh, last uh, 
you know, uh, 30 seconds or so, what else do you sure, like to I, say? Sure, I would just say, you know, for those of you who are kind of sitting on the fence out there that may have not tried try to decide whether you're going to homeschool or not, or maybe you're just not what to, what this conference has to offer, I, I can assure you that the one thing that you're not going to lack is uh, information. Uh, you're not going to, you will not walk away with anything less than a lot of information, uh, a real intentional approach that we've taken. You're going to, I think you'll gather from it pretty easily, uh, from the onset, uh, how, how much effort we put into this because we've done it with the thought of anyone who's, no matter what stage you are in homeschooling, that it's, it's, it's the right fit for you. And lastly, I would just add that, um, it's going to be engaging. And we're gonna. I'm going to be the MC, so don't let that count against. It. Don't don't let that count against <laughs> you. You better be but, engaging as the MC, right? <laughs> I'm yeah. going to do my best. Right. <laughs> I, I, what we love to do is, as you can probably tell with Maureen and I, we we have a we have a good time. We yeah. feel like it's really important to, to kind of keep a smile on our face on. as we homeschool and as we try to support. Like in my case, try to support my wife in homeschooling. And we feel like we want to pass that along to the attendees, and I feel like they'll walk away with that too. So yeah, yeah. And uh, Maureen, from the, the 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 woman who is going to be giving a talk called "You Can Do This," why don't I give you the last <laughs> word uh, so that you can my convince everybody? Word. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, my, la- my you know my last word is just that we're praying for you. We have a whole team of people and religious praying for all the attendees, and we just ask that you pray for us too. And you know, our our hope and prayer is that the people who need this the most will make their way through the front door. So we're here to serve you, and let us know how we can do that best. All right. Thanks to you both. Maureen Whitman, Walter Crawford, founders of uh, Homeschool Connections and the Catholic Homeschool Conference. This Friday, 2.30 p.m., please register. $38.97 is all it takes to register. And uh, the 